What's up, everybody? You guys are tuning in to the 10 After 7 podcast, episode 12 with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. And today, once again, I'm joined by my good friend, Kyle Slowey. Okay, dog, what's up? How's it going? How's it going, Cody? Glad to be back. Um, I just want all your fans out there to know they can call me slow, but my takes in, on sports are smooth as silk. <laughs> I can't believe I just called you K-Dog, by the way. I've called you K-Slow my entire life. I've never heard that in my life, but I love it. I don't know. It had a ring to it for a second. So today, we're going to just, we, we have to be informative for the people. <laughs> There's not much news out there, but there is in a way about sports coming back. And I think we need to go each sport one by one and talk about where we're at. So let's begin. The NBA on Tuesday, Adam Silver met with the Board of Governors after talking with some players on Friday. I believe Chris Paul, LeBron was a part of that conversation. And they're trying to get the ball rolling. And the latest update is they have great optimism that the season can continue and they could go on with the playoffs. Your thoughts. Okay, the thing is, this is without fans, right? There's without no... fans, correct. And I think for every sport, I don't know how they're going to factor in the fan um, aspect to all of it. But I would, I think just viewership, you know, from people on their couches um, is going to be huge. You know, I don't know much about the NBA one, but I think it really needs to get going, especially because that season is was almost done. You know, we in the as a Laker fan, we kind of wanted to see them make that playoff push and become champions again. So, you know, I'm antsy for it. I don't know about you. Yeah, definitely. And that call with the players that was basically to just talk to the big ones, LeBron, Chris Paul. He's the head of the uh, players' association. They wanted to know. They even sent out a group text to kind of gauge all the players around the league, do you want to play or not? And by all means, if the safety protocols are in place and met, then they're for it. So after that phone call on Friday, Adam Silver meets with the Board of Governors, and he's saying right now, and they haven't put out a date. They have put out no dates. And for the first time, he said, we're going to make a decision whether this season goes on or cancels in two to four weeks. Because the executives and owners, they don't want this to drag until July. So the decision's going to come. Yeah. Um, well, the interesting thing is, since basketball season was in the swing of things and the whole debacle with Utah Jazz and Rudy Gobert um, kind of mishandling the situation right off the start and uh, contaminating his uh, superstar teammate, Donovan Mitchell. Or, Wait, first, or... let me ask you that, because I, I had a conversation with our friend Devin last night about the Rudy Gobert situation and him and Donovan Mitchell apparently having some beef right now. How do you honestly feel about Rudy Gobert? Because obviously he didn't do that joke on purpose. He was No one knew how severe this virus was at the time. Clearly they didn't because there were still NBA games going on. And then it took that moment and kind of the blame gets put on him. And I don't know how I feel about that. I personally wouldn't have done something like that. You know, no, it's super immature. It is immature. I think like verbally joking about it at that point in time would have been fine, but to like go and wipe your hands on all the microphones was just a little absurd. Yeah. But I didn't coming out of that. I would not have expected a beef between him and his teammate. You know, I think Donovan Mitchell was kind of just reacting a little too quick. You know, I think this was pretty hard on all of us and especially the season ending. I think a little bit of the blame isn't just for getting him sick, but, 
he feels Rudy Gobert somehow is, you know, to blame for the season coming to a halt, which is totally unfair. You know, it was going to come about regardless. So, which I, I think I think yeah. is more fair than people calling the dude a hero. I mean, there were honestly people that were calling this Rudy Gobert guy a hero uh, a few moments after that happened because he kind of did get the ball rolling. We saw the after effect once the NBA ended. All those college tournaments that were in place slowly, one by one, decided to cancel. That was crazy. I remember the night. You know, we're all expecting these games, and it's 15 minutes till tip off, and the teams aren't taking the court. I think that was the tragic moment where I realized, you know, COVID-19 is not something to mess around about. Yeah, and it sucks that it had to take a moment like that. And Rudy Gobert's name is forever linked. Whether you want to be on the side of him, I would never, I wouldn't call him a hero. And I wouldn't put all the blame on him. I think he sits somewhere in the middle. I still thought it was only going to be two weeks. So I didn't think this was going to impact any other sport, especially baseball, you know, um, being in a, fan, a big fantasy sports fan, I was extremely hyped for my fantasy baseball league. And I was we made just, a tr- we made a trade like yeah. two weeks before the season. Yeah, and you know, and in another one, I have a draft. You know, frequently, and it's not dynasty. And I was still pushing everyone to try and just let's just do the draft. It's only gonna be two weeks, and look at look at us now. It's only pretty much been two months. So, ba- so basketball, another thing taken from this meeting that Adam Silver had. Yes, no fans. And they're trying to make it either a one or two location place. So either Vegas and Disney World in Orlando, Florida are the two spots right now. And they're not going to make it so the players are on complete lockdown, which I don't think players want to be, no matter how safe. Like, they'd rather all the safety protocols in place than just be stuck somewhere where they have to just sit in their room all day. So that's not, they're not considering it a medical bubble. Like people are saying, they're going to, if you want to go out, you know, walk the streets, go ahead, but you're going to be tested every single time you come back into the pack. I like that. I think that's a good precaution to have, you know, especially in Vegas. Um, you don't know what, what's going on. I don't even know what's going on there. If casinos are flourishing, I, I I haven't really looked into Vegas that much, but I know Florida, um, especially their governor, is really open to the idea of bringing sports there. So, I mean, I, I, and especially in a stadium, I think it, I, I, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. And then you look for, like, you have Shaq coming out, for instance, and saying there'd be an asterisk on whoever wins this year. I don't believe that at all. You know, they have what? 10 games left in the season they're going to jump back into the playoffs after a two-month layoff I think if anything this is going to be a champion that's going to be rewarded and remembered for yes the coronavirus but also a team can you imagine you're at the height of your ability getting geared up for the playoffs and then boom this hits two months you're off and then you have to jump back into things one it's going to be dangerous if you're not in the correct shape and two, if you go on to win that, I think you deserve all the props. And I don't agree with Shaq at all that there's an asterisk next to it. Yeah, 100%. The only thing I could think of Shaq for Shaq's argument is, and I think I remember someone else saying it, is that players have had this long period of time to rest their bodies. So playoffs aren't right after a full 82-game season. So, But I think that you know it's, it's fair across the board because every team is going to have that and it's just going to be – a more competitive playoff and especially with the situation we're in 
I think it's going to have probably draw the most viewership out of any uh, NBA finals ever. Yeah, it will be cool. And that's one of the sports like we've been seeing in the last dance when they have the audio footage of Michael Jordan during practices. We're going to hear a whole lot of crap that's going to be talked between the players. And I can't wait for that if they allow it. Um, let's move on to baseball. Baseball, I, I don't trust Rob Manfred. It came out a couple days ago that the owners have a proposal in place, 50-50 run of split, 82-game season, 14 playoff teams, universal DH. And I give a huge middle finger to the owners. They don't deserve a 50-50 run of split. I don't know how you feel about it, but if these players are going to put themselves on the line, they deserve more money than these billion-dollar owners. Yeah, I mean, I guess in fairness, owners will make less money with no one in the stands. Um, you know, they could take the, they could take that L. Yeah, they can take the hit. I think they're still going to make money in various ways. Um, you know, they'll find ways for revenue. Um, but you know, the the fifty fifty split is essentially a salary cap because the NFL's revenue split is forty eight percent to players, fifty two to owners and so that's how that salary cap gets formed you know so with mlb not having a salary cap for forever um you know how are they going to change all these players salaries that have been negotiated based off a limitless um limitless potential of salary i don't i just i'm trying to figure that out i don't know i just think it's wrong that the owners are the ones that because by all accounts they leaked 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 the information so it kind of puts uh the players to make that decision which they have to put in so many other decisions i mean they're going to leave their family for how long uh is is the safety actually going to be up to par how many games they'll be playing in a day how many teams are going to keep keep on coming in and out of those locker rooms i just they're putting more on the line than these billion dollar owners i'm sorry i'm never going to agree with these owners i agree with you that there's a lot of, you know, a lot to clear up with the money, but I think the players should sit at that table and say, you know what, we're the ones that should be getting paid. I don't care how much money you're losing. We're the ones going out on the field. Yeah. And something with in negotiation that you can never back out on is when you agree to something, you can't just go back on your word. And from my understanding, the owners already agreed to pay the players pro rata based on their salary, you know, so guy like Max Scherzer making 30 plus million is going to get paid the same per game than he would if it, if it were a regular season. So I'm a fan of that. And I just, I don't think it's going to go any other way. I know Tony Clark, um, president of the MLBPA is definitely against the 50, 50 split. Um, I think that's just going to be set in stone. It's going to be pro rata, but. And baseball, they said they're going to be playing in their own stadiums. Yes, without fans, but uh, the way it's going right now, like we're in California and the stay-at-home laws are for another three months, they're saying. So I don't, I don't know if that's possible. You mentioned Florida earlier, having the pro leagues go there. Arizona's also offered that up, and we know how the spring training fields are over there. I think that would be the best-case scenario. Yeah, and that's what the proposed, right, the, <clears throat> the divisions meeting up and – the changed, uh, you know, like having the Astros be able to play the Dodgers in Arizona. Um, yeah, I like it. You know, I think it'd be really fun. 
So right now, who do you give the edge to, NBA or MLB? If you were to say who's going to start first, um, I'm hoping they. I hope and they both just. I think they're both going to simultaneously agree, like for a similar date. They're just going to follow one one or the other. Whoever comes out first, honestly, I just think that's the way things go. You know, that's the scary thing because that's what I think, Rob Manfred. I think that's what he wants to do so badly. He wants to be the first guy. I don't trust him to be the first guy because we have the moment in baseball when Mike Piazza hits the home run after 9-11. Beautiful moment. I think Rob Manfred thinks it's his job to have baseball out in the front of this. And I'm just not going to trust that weasel. I don't want them to be number one. I've said from the get-go that Adam Silver is the guy I'm following. Yeah. I mean, it's whoever. Yeah. It's always who wants, who really wants to be the first one to break the market, you know? You can kind of compare it to um, NFL salaries. Who wants to be the guy to reset the running back market or who wants to be the first one to agree to a contract, Dak or Mahomes? So I think in this case, it's who's going to be the first one to start the league. And then I I believe the other sport will follow suit. Yeah, and NFL is kind of in a good spot that way because they don't have to start until September. They put out their schedule release. uh, And they could kind of look at, the NBA and MLB and say, okay, this is what they're doing. Uh, should we follow that guy, this guy? So I think they're in a good spot. No, obviously they have the advantage of having a later start to their season and they could kind of watch what's going on right now. Yeah. They got test subjects. It's perfect. And then, which I think is the fourth major sport in our country and that's college football. I think they're in a bad spot. I think it's going to be tough for them to get out and running because right now there's no students at these universities. And Mark Emmert, the NCAA, whatever you want to call him, uh, money-hungry son of a bitch, uh, he's come out and said that they will not have fall sports if students aren't on campus. And that's an interesting one. They've talked about maybe a spring football league for the NCAA. I'm for it. I don't know how you feel about it, but football in spring, if all of our sports are back, that would be awesome. College football is the one I care about most. It just – a lot of people, you know, even if you're not an NFL fan, it's fun to follow a college team. Um, I just It's just so exciting, um, and the plays are electric. You know, so that's the one I really want to get going. And that is a good point you brought up about the students not being in uh, – without class in session. It's kind of hard to make an argument that players should risk it by being on the field. Um, so, yeah, that's tough. That's funny you bring up uh, college football that it's your favorite. It's also one of my favorites, and I don't trust people who watch the NFL and don't watch college football. I'll never understand it. It's like some people I've worked with before don't care that the Super Bowl is going on, like it's not a national holiday. I'll just never be able to comprehend that. Like our friend Luke Tronowski doesn't watch college football, but he loves the NFL. I don't get it. I think the play is better just because the kids are way more into it I think the NFL kind of gone soft a little bit recently, you know, with the hits and protecting the quarterback. So hey, if I get, if I was going to watch one, if I had to ditch one, I, I'd ditch the NFL for NCAA. Yeah. I just think as it gets down the line, just like in high school football in Texas, you know, it's such a big draw, you know, cause it's not really about the individual player's name or all that. It's just about the sport of football. I think it I, gets away from that on the professional level. They also have rivalries that you could get behind, even if you're not from there. Like Ohio State, Michigan is the biggest one year in, year out. 100%. They're all over the board. 
you know, USC has a bunch of rivalries, Notre Dame, UCLA. So it's fun. And it's, on, and, and it's on a Saturday. You could drink all the beer you want and have that day of recovery. Yeah, no, no hangover regret. Cause yeah, exactly. It's incredible. So the NCAA, we do have some news with them. Came out a few weeks ago. You told me about this one. Explain the rule of, we've talked about it for years. I don't think, you know, we might talk about it for the next 10 years. Hopefully not. But that's about NCAA, or NCAA players possibly being able to get paid. This goes back to the, if you've ever seen the Fab Five documentary from Michigan where yeah, it's terrific one. Chris Weber's walking the streets and his team's, his team is just blowing up the country. You know, jerseys, his jerseys with his um, number on the back are being sold, you know, making the school a bunch of money. And he's sitting here trying to figure out how to find five bucks for lunch. Um, so over the years and, you know, more recently, the pressure has kind of been put on the NCA, you know, especially with social media, opening up voices of a lot of these athletes um, to allow these players to profit off their name image and likeness so the ncaa announced that they're they're open to legislation allowing for change you know from their rigid ways so essentially these college athletes can you know profit off of endorsements and mainly social media which has kind of been you know social media marketing and advertisements sponsors so it's big news so they could say so what i what i read in the article you sent me is they could use their names they could use their sport and the school they play for, but they can't use logos from the school they play for. Yeah, you can you can go up and say I'm Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback Alabama, and I you know I support four trucks or whatever it is you know in a commercial or um, I you know it's pretty interesting. Like a guy like Trevor Lawrence, just off of his social media following, it was calculated he can make he would have made half a million dollars last year just based off social media ads and sponsors. A guy like imagine, Zion, yeah. Imagine Zion, how big he was at Duke, and the information that's coming out now about his former marketing agent or whatever saying he took this gifts from this school. It's just absurd. They, I mean, we've always said that they should be able to make their money, and the NCAA is so against it because they don't want a pay for play. That's their thing. They do not want a pay for play connected to their sports. One of the first things I said in um, to my group of friends from you know UCLA I was like Casey Wasserman, you know, head of like the Wasserman agency. He's a big UCLA uh, UCLA alumni and sponsor. He, I was like, he should just come out with an athletic apparel company and funnel money to these athletes through endorsements. But um, in reading further on it, that's one of the main um, worries and issues surrounding this legislation that I think the NCAA is going to harp on, like making sure, you know, donors aren't inadvertently um, causing players to sign with certain teams based off endorsements. Yeah, but that, I mean, that's like, that's a pipe dream if you're asking the donors not to get involved. I know. It, I, that's why I, I think, like, we, we talk about this every single year. It's one of those, you know, same things. It's like kind of like the NBA All-Star game every single year. What do we talk about? Who got snubbed? Every single year around the same time, we talk about NCAA athletes getting paid. And there's never really been a set in stone way of getting all these players played. First of all, that's never going to happen. Not all the players are going to get paid. You got the certain ones, Tua Tungavailoa, you mentioned, mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence, basically the big quarterbacks at these schools. 
those are going to be the ones that profit off this stuff. Exactly. And um, it's, I think it's going to impact recruiting big time. Usually relationships with coaches and other players, facilities, and, you know, the winning tradition are factors that, you know, prospects rely on for picking their school. But I think now it's going to be player marketing. Um, I think like the new arms race in college football is going to be for recruiting is going to be centered on building these players' brands, um, building their following. You know, I've already seen a couple schools like West Virginia and Texas hiring the Dita's director of marketing um, to come in and guide these players on building their brand. And they have social media interns providing content for the athletes posted to their Instagram and Twitter. So I think that's going to be a huge ordeal coming, you know, moving forward. You think it affects college football more than college basketball? I think the quarterbacks are going to be a big focus. All these top quarterback recruits are going to probably be harped on, you know, bring a lot of attention from the NCAA just because I think those are the kind of kids who can change your program. Um, and, and they have to be there for three years. Yeah. One and done's that I think it's good for college basketball, actually, you know, UCLA's top, the top point guard recruit in the nation decommitted from UCLA to join the G league for a couple hundred thousand dollars to know now that these recruits can make some money off of uh off of their following and sign some endorsements while they're in college might persuade them to stick even stick around a couple of years um and build a following with like the local community well even zion i mean every single game he played in which were all 30 were nationally televised every single time they brought up that little side note of how many followers he had, which is over a million, because we all saw his dunks in middle school. Mm-hmm. And then even at the end of that one year at Duke, he said he wanted to stay. He asked Coach K, like, I want to stay. And Coach K said, no, you got to go. Like, it's in your best interest. But think about if he had this opportunity to have these commercials with Gatorade, uh, Nike. That would be incredible to have Duke for two, two years of Zion. Insane. Insane amount of money. I think he can make, um, you know, even the smaller guys. I mean, I, I think a kicker could find it a really niche market that he could, you know, become like a small time sponsor for $5,000 is pretty big. You know, a couple thousand dollars is pretty big for any, any kid in college. So I think it's going to be big for a lot of athletes. And if it's these quarterbacks, you think the quarterbacks would take these guys out to eat. I mean, if they're reeling in, you know, thousands of dollars each month from their endorsements, Maybe they're a good teammate. Maybe it comes out that they're an awful teammate, and there goes their draft stock. Going to start treating the linemen to steak dinners. Yeah, and let's hey, let's not beat around the bush. We really want this rule to come in place. We need the NCAA football game back. But that article I read said that's one of the toughest tasks to get passed because the players need to start a union, and the NCAA has never been able to get that done. That was probably the worst news. I, you know, I had read. I think right as the rule change proposal broke everyone was thinking uh when's ncaa 2021 coming back um but yeah I, you know they got to collectively bargain over how much money to make how they share you know share or how much the license for the kids name and okay, you know what they, they should they should collectively get together and say hey we all love this fucking video game let's just let them make it we don't need money off of it it's we're going to spend hours on hours playing it. I think these guys could at least do us a favor. And you know what pisses me off the most? I think it was a linebacker and a punter from Arizona 
that got the ball rolling to discontinue the game in the first place. Exactly. Just because probably they weren't making – they wanted to make money and they weren't, you know. The issue could just be like, oh, I shouldn't a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's be- going to be the best player in the game, or one of them, be paid more than, you know, a walk-on. I feel like this is something they could all sit down. Like, they don't even have to sit down. Just every – before – just get every single NCAA player to sign, hey, make NCAA football. That's cool. Make it. That would be awesome. You were in the game at one point. How sick was that, that you were in the actual freaking video game? You didn't care. You didn't want money. You just put yourself a starting receiver, and that's it. That's all I cared about. It's just yeah. cool to see it in the depth chart, you know. And they, you know, they... Well, you were from Placentia. I mean, they could have got something. Yeah, one year was Torrance. My first year was Torrance, and second year was they really did not care about the cities. <laughs> But then there's those people that, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I it's seriously my favorite video game ever. I used to print out USC's rosters, and one by one, I was that kid that put in height, weight, and their full name. And there were some tough names to spell on that roster, let me tell you that. Yeah, I did I did full full names for Penn State. Um, and then there was guys that, remember, at a certain point, I think we were maybe juniors in high school, sophomores in high school, where you could just download. Someone did that for us, and that's God's work they're doing. They did every roster in NCAA football. That'll still be there, hundred percent. They might not. They might just be able to use the names, you know, with this new rule change. Um, the players should just get together and be like, "Hey, listen, we'll just split all the profits evenly. Like, even a guy at Clemson makes the same as a guy at, you know, West Arkansas. <laughs> like, who yeah, cares? You can make. I, I, it, yeah, go it ahead. just irritates me that it was an Arizona punter and linebacker. One, listen, man. You're a punter in the video game and you want money for it. No one's no one's going to punt in NCAA. If you're punting, that's poor strategy. 100%. You got to go for he was it. Probably, he was probably the only player to punt in that game. Well, yeah. Another thing is, you know, you can build a following on Twitch, which we've seen with Barstool, Barstool Big Cat. Yeah. Getting like hundreds of thousands of uh, followers watching his live stream. And you can make money off of that, too. So. Oh, it's all interesting stuff. That's actually very interesting because if the players, if this rule does go into place, I, I'd imagine, I mean, as a college student, how many video games, you could, you could speak on it. How many video games did you play in college? Tons. Yeah. So you could just sign up a Twitch account and make money off that. I mean, that's the easiest money you'll probably ever make. Yeah. Um, I think another interesting thing would be, let's say a team like Florida that has all the talent but hasn't exactly been as successful as they like what if in real life their season's not going too well but one of the more popular players on the team is streaming his twitch and going undefeated i, I could see that being yeah i could also see him getting death threats by florida fans for spending too much time on that season and not on the actual season that's going to be a huge thing like oh these players are just you know it's like kind of the old school thought method of oh these players are focusing way too much on their on their image, you know, like, AKA the personal brand, you know, instead of winning. So when teams lose, it's going to be really harped on. I could see these quarterbacks taking a lot more heat, especially if they're posting every day to social media, their stories, which a lot of kids nowadays are, but, but to be able to make well, some, of that. some, some coaches, I think uh, Dabo Sweeney's one of them that doesn't uh, during the season, doesn't allow his players to be on social media. Yeah. There's a guy like Dabo Sweeney. <clears throat> and then on the opposite spectrum is the new coach for Georgia Tech, who I, I love. Um, forget his name, but he's pretty much the complete opposite. 
he's the one who hired the director of marketing for former director of marketing at Adidas to come in and help his players build their brand. So it's really interesting. And he just got one of the top quarterbacks in the nation, Jeff Sims. Georgia Tech, are they still going to run, run the triple option? That's what he's saying. He's like, listen, I want to be able to switch the brand of Georgia Tech from the team that's done the triple option wing T for the past 11 years to, hey, we're the team in Atlanta. He wants to like bond with the city and get tap into a lot of the recruits in um, Georgia. Oh, that could be freaking nice, too. Think about it. I mean, they had some fun teams back in the day. Calvin Johnson, I remember in NCAA, that's one of the coolest things. Like, you'd be watching a Thursday night game. I was like maybe 12, 13 at the time. And you would see a quarterback that you would never, like, ever, like, think about ever again. And I saw their quarterback, Reggie Ball, I think his name was, Georgia Tech, and immediately flipped on the game and tried to take Georgia Tech to the Rose Bowl. I remember him. Yeah, exactly. So they said they said this rule no later than 2021, 2022 could be in place. I, I feel like, like I said, I mean, it's we're just going in circles with this thing. I'm not sure if it's ever going to come to fruition. I hope it does. For that reason, maybe we do get NCAA. Yeah, they're going to vote or have the rules proposed, official rules proposed in October, and then vote to enact it by January. January, only a couple months after. So, speaking of uh, video games, I'm just gonna say this right off the bat. I mean, I had so much fun talking about NCAA there. If you could rank your top three video games all time, um, Ken Griffey Jr. Major League Baseball, NFL yeah. Blitz. Wait, there's rumors that you finished. Did you really finish 162 games on Ken Griffey Jr.? Yeah, plus playoffs. I had a neighbor, Alex Frank, who he's like, hey, just lend me your game for the night. I'll bring it back with an unreally stacked roster. I didn't really believe him, but he just did all these trades and ended up with guys like Barry Bonds, Griffey, A-Rod, BGO, Bagwell, Randy Johnson. So I just played a full season. I'd play play like three games before – because every Saturday we had Little League and I was right behind my Little League. So you can just walk down. Like how long did that take you? Though? 162 games? Like the farthest I got in baseball, I even started to play the show during this whole quarantine. And I got, I think, 30 games in. And then I was just, I put up the uh, difficulty and it was just brutal. So I stopped. I think like two to three years sporadically. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking, like, maybe you finish it in a year playing like 10 games a day. No. <laughs> But yeah, and then NCA is up there. Blitz, you know, NFL Blitz. We're talking sports games, right? Yeah. And then I mean, if there's there, there's the few that are kind of cool that aren't sports. I've never been a huge fan of them. One that I think you'd appreciate is Slugfest. I do like Slugfest, and it was interesting. Yeah, me and my brother just talked about this. Actually, he said, "Man, I'd love to get Slugfest." He's like, "We should probably get that and bring out your Xbox." I'm like, "That was a PlayStation game. Like, they didn't even have that." Uh, like, that wasn't even created yet. I remember playing Slugfest on the way home from Havasu a few years ago. Nier had it in the back of his car on little TVs. That was awesome. My brother was uh, – he actually meant the Bigs. I don't know if you ever played the Bigs. They try to make, like, a Slugfest comeback with a game called the Bigs. I remember. On, on the regular Xbox. It was cool. It wasn't Slugfest, though. That's a phenomenal one. I just remember Slugfest. You can, like, punch players out. Charge the mound. Like, throw yeah. flame balls. So badass. That one's good. Uh, there's a couple. I mean, I bought 
any sports game that ever came out, I felt like I bought. Fight Night Boxing was great. I, was that with Roy Jones Jr. on the cover, I think? Yeah, Roy Jones on the cover. Did you ever get into the UFC ones? Um, Ron bought one, one of the UFC games. I played it. It was just so tough. You'd have to get really into the controls because there's so many moves. It's like, yeah, remember when you're trying to submission, you have to literally hit that analog and just spin, spin it. it. <laughs> Trudy got really into that and he would spin it like 10 minutes straight. I remember it would be cool to create a uh, fighter in that, like Road to Glory and NCAA. I think it would be cool to create a fighter and start from the bottom and try to get to a championship, especially with all his downtime. I'd love to do that. Yeah, I know. Did I was looking yesterday at video games. That's how bored I was. I was seeing what's out right now. There's FIFA. I was like, maybe I should get FIFA, NHL. I hadn't played in years. But UFC was one of them. UFC was one of them. Backyard sports. Transition from computer to GameCube. That was fun. Yeah, backyard sports. I got like the 2008 version, I remember. Uh, when I was in the hospital for my surgery, my mom got it. It, it was bad. Really? Yeah, it was tough. It just was it, it didn't it hit different. And then Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I'm looking at my games right now. That's huge news, dude. So that's the news that we should probably tell people. So they're remaking Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two with the same uh same parks yeah. and same uh soundtrack. That's gonna be awesome. Except I, I think Underground's the best Tony Hawk ever made. And same skaters. So, but just, uh, yeah, exactly. Updated graphics. So it's going to be, because I went back and played the original Tony Opera Skater and just, you know. Chad Muska? Is he the one with the basketball jerseys? That's why. I yeah, he is. Nice. But, you know, the graphics back then, you probably thought they were amazing, but just, it's crazy how times change. Nothing was like getting a new system. Oh, yeah. For the first time, like, I remember, like, breaking it open, putting it on the TV, and it literally was, like, watching uh I, the feeling is like still there you can even think about it i remember when i got my n64 unreal n64 you remember yeah that's going way back <laughs> yeah i got it yeah i got it in hawaii it was epic i remember the ps2 was the big one because the graphics definitely were different madden i mean i played it on a big screen at my aunt's house and i was like holy hell i was a big playstation guy yeah, I had PlayStation. Yeah, I never I first time I got Xbox, I think was I think I had the regular Xbox and then we were 360 guys in high school for sure over Same PS3. Here. PS3 wasn't anything. Yeah, I know. Did I, I don't I don't I can't even think of anyone. I had a PSP though. Still stuck with it. Oh, here's a game. Oh, and then the basketball games. Um Oh, dude. Actually, I take it back. My number one video game of all time is NBA Street. Street. You play three. You play three on three with your team, and if you beat the other team that you're playing, like say the Toronto Raptors, they're three. You get to each game. You get to pick a player off their team to join yours. So sick. And then, and then the final round, you had to play a Yeti to win, and he was like eight feet tall. Just incredible. I remember that. I have, I'm looking at it right now. I love that game. Um, even NFL Street was epic. I made a guy. Um, I made a quarterback. He ended up being really fast. And same premise. You get to pick players from the teams you beat. Um, that one was cool, though. You could run off the walls. Run off the walls, yeah. I love yeah, doing that. Flips. And you could also upload, once you finish um, finish the game, you can upload your player to Madden and have him drafted. 
No. And they made, my, they made my guy tight end looking like Jeremy Shockey. Long Dude, man. you see, you're one of those people that would do that because you're also one of those guys when I'm the opposite. If I create a franchise dynasty, whatever it is in these video games, especially in college ones, you went out of your way to do recruiting, and I never did. I turned that off. I love, yeah, I love recruiting. I started playing NCAA again just because, you know, Barstool is kind of making it popular again. Everyone's Yeah, how are the graphics? They don't look bad when Barstool Big Cat's playing. They're not bad at all. Well, NCAA 14 is good. I popped in like 09, and it was awful. It's like, yeah, it's terrible. Um, But, you know, they had HDMI for xbox 360 it just the ncaa uh basketball games i was big on them but i don't think anyone else was i played one i played with davidson steph curry that year it was cool oh wow i remember playing with sc because oj mayo i think that was the last time i had it and then the last last game i see here is nba i think it's called nba showtime remember Uh, on s64 oh dude uh the game to play on that, I think it was the uh, with Chick Hearn announcing you do the three point competition. Sick, and you can make like all twenty seven with Reggie Miller was incredible. Yeah, video games have been a huge part of my life. So. <laughs> and now since quarantine, yeah, it's back. I know I need to jump back on. I literally i i went from all star I think to Hall of Fame difficulty, which isn't even the hardest. Legend is. And Kershaw gave up like three home runs in a row, and I was like, "I'm done." On the show, it's so hard. Yeah, the show, the show is the show's up there as far as best games go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one more thing before we get to the end. Uh, our group chat was kind of heated yesterday. Eric Morales, Charger fan, coming out. I, you know what? Him as a sports fan right now, he's my number one public enemy. He's talking all kinds of junk. He floods the Twitter group with just Chargers nonsense, just take some bias out of it. That's all I'm asking them. Just let's be realistic. Let's not think the Chargers are going to go win a Super Bowl this year. Be honest with yourself. And then the Rams uniforms come out yesterday. He's using the laughing emoji. I think they look cool. The only problem I have with them is I don't, I've never liked shaded numbers. And they're a little bright, but that's, I think they're, I think the helmets are great. And I love the all whites. Yeah. The numbers are like really round. So kind of makes them look a little bit different like soccer jerseys almost um but the whites do look smooth yeah but the thing is eric and every other chargers fan is acting like they're coming off an epic glorious season of making it to the super bowl or they're better the rams because the rams only put up three points in the super bowl against the patriots like just terrible arguments you know i think they're fired up because they're coming off of the news about their new uniforms Cool. You guys got cool uniforms. You guys have had cool uniforms. You don't get any brownie points for looking good when you lose. Yeah. I mean, if if we were talking about uniforms, yes, they'd be at the top of the standings. But other than that, Tyrod Taylor's your quarterback. And if you Eric Morales wants Herbert to sit out a year, if Herbert sits out a year, he's not good enough. I'm sorry. He has to take Tyrod's job if he's the guy. I agree. 100%. And he was he's been hyped past few years you know going back to our last podcast i kind of raved about him but he has his inconsistencies and especially in the nfl where players are faster you can't really be inaccurate by the slightest bit um i I get that he always wanted to grow up to be a chargers fan but that doesn't make or a chargers player but that doesn't make any difference yeah there's the little note i love when those come out 
they are. That's pretty awesome that he wrote that down when he was like 10 years old. But yeah, that doesn't give you points. And also, I would like to note that I want to, I would like to, like, I don't hate the Chargers. You do. Obviously, you're a Denver Broncos fan. I have zero hate towards the Chargers. That was my first NFL game I ever attended in my life. I still have the ticket. I don't want to hate them. But when you have Eric just flooding these things with shit talk, it gets on my damn nerves. Like, how many times is he going to bring up that the Rams scored, what was it, three points in the Super Bowl? Yeah, they got to the Super Bowl. He may never see one in his lifetime. So pipe down over there. And it's and it's Belichick's defensive mind and the Patriots who have been there so many times. You know, with McVay at the helm coaching us, I think we have a more realistic shot of making it there than they do. Yeah, didn't the Chargers go? What was it? Didn't they go uh, five and eleven? No, no, I'm, I'm talking like <laughs> back when Marty Schottenheimer was running things. Didn't they lose two games when they had Ladanian, uh, Junior Seau? I think Rodney Harrison, like. Go back then. Like, how did you not win with that squad? Yeah, they were stacked. Um, McCardell, forget who they're. Quentin Jammer, he was sick. Yeah. Oh, Quentin, dude, I love Quentin. I actually tagged Eric in one of Quentin Jammer's things because that's just a throwback name. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, hey, Charger fans, keep it down. Rams got cool uniforms. There's still two to be released. I like them, uh, and I like the Rams flying under the radar. Yes, tough division. Cardinals got better. Niners obviously lost in the Super Bowl, and Seahawks are going to Seahawks. So uh, I like flying under the radar. Let's go. Thank you for coming on, Slowy. I appreciate it. We just uh, kind of made our way through today. I think people will like it. I think it's a good pod. Thanks for having me on. Yep, got to come on. I want to thank you guys again for tuning into the 10 After 7 podcast, and thanks again to Kyle Slowy for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 After 7 or on Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Woo! Go Dodgers.